Church Unlimited. How are we doing this morning? Are we doing good? That's good, that's good. Hey, well, I know this weekend's special. I heard the Cowboys are playing today. Yeah. Yeah, see, that energy right there, we're going to keep that energy all morning. I already tricked you. I tricked you. See, you mentioned Cowboys in church. Yeah, everyone's ready to go. So we're going to keep that same energy going all morning. Hey, I am so excited to be with you guys today. I have the honor and privilege to fill in for my father and our lead pastor, Pastor Bill, today. Really quickly, can we give it up for Pastor Bill? That's right, that's right. Um, I'm filling in today because my, uh, my father is actually in Nepal right now getting to meet with church planters all over the world. It is so cool to see that when our pastor says our mission statement is to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period, he means it. Because not only are we taking people to heaven here in the States, we're taking people to heaven all across the globe, planting churches where there's not supposed to be churches, planting churches where it's... It's not okay to share your faith. That's the type of lead pastor that we get. So can we give it up for Pastor Bill one more time this morning? We are so honored to have such great leadership over us. I'm so excited to be with you guys today. Really quickly, I want to give a shout out to all of our campuses. I want to give a shout out to Rockport, to Rodfield, to Stone Oak. Love you, Stone Oak. To Padre Island and, of course, Church Online. So excited to be with you guys today. Really quickly, can we stay, can we do two things? First, let's say our mission statement, which is to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. And secondly, would you join me in prayer before we dive in? Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for everything you've already done and everything you're going to do, God. We come forward to you today in anticipation and excitement, knowing that 2023 is going to be bigger and better than 2022, God. Right now, Lord, we ask for nothing less than your best, and we ask you to speak to us, each uniquely and individually, just as you always do. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 I really want to read to you guys from this scripture found in 1 Samuel. It's 1 Samuel verse 30, or chapter 30, verse 6. The text says this, David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. They began to talk of stoning him, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Another translation, the, King's James, the King James Version goes on to say this, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself and the Lord his God. Church Unlimited, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, sometimes it hurts, but it helps. Ouch. That's right. Sometimes it hurts, but it helps. Sometimes it can hurt, but sometimes that hurt is meant to help. See, life can be painful, but pain can also be productive. Life can be painful, but pain can also be productive. See, not all pain is actually destructive. Some pain is actually constructive. And just like every good parent knows, the same hands that you use to love and nurture and pick up your child sometimes have to be the same hands that you use to correct and to direct. Not all pain is meant to be pointless. Pain actually has a purpose. Pain isn't meant to just be destructive. Pain is meant to be constructive. You're not supposed to go through what you've gone through for nothing. And I don't know about you, but many of us 
have experienced this last year, this last season, could have been a very painful one, could have been a tough one. But what if I told you there was purpose behind the pain? Pain. I want to talk to you today about turning your pain into power. Not all pain is destructive. Some is actually constructive. You see, the other day, I was, uh, I was watching an MMA fight, and there was a big fight I really wanted to watch. But at the same time, there was an NBA game on that I really wanted to see as well. See, my main pri- priority and my main focus was watching the fight. But my nose got me caught up in the game. So I did what every logical man does, and I take the remote, and I'm switching between the fight and the game. I switched between the fight and the game. During each uh, break between the rounds, I would switch over to the game. And then during the commercial breaks, I would switch over to the fight. And I would switch back and forth, back and forth, because my heart was in the fight, but my nose was in the game. But eventually, you know what happens? The remote stops working. (laughs) And now I'm stuck on the basketball game. And I really, the whole time, would have preferred to have it been stuck in the fight. See, my heart was in was in the fight, but my nose was in the game. And that's why it's so dangerous to follow your nose, because sometimes your nose can get you stuck in places that your heart isn't. And, and I allowed myself to get stuck in something. So, and so what did I do? You, you do the classic, right? Everybody's done it before. You, you pull the batteries out. You blow the dust out. <sighs> I got to get this thing working. I can't miss this. All right? And, and sure enough, if that doesn't work, what do you do next? You all know what time it is. It's time to start hitting the remote. And I start hitting the remote, trying to get it working again, right? And eventually, after it's gone through enough hits, the thing that forgot how to produce suddenly can produce again. I just want to encourage you today, if if you're in here right now and you feel like the last season you've been in, you feel like you've just been kind of getting beat up on and going through a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and you don't see the purpose behind it, can I just encourage you that sometimes it's not pointless Sometimes the pain actually has a purpose, and it's God's hand actually trying to get you to produce again. Not all pain is pointless. Every pain serves a purpose. Turn your pain into power. Tonight, today, we're going to talk about turning your pain into power. See, your pain can either be a prison, or your pain can be your passport. Your pain can be your prison, or your pain can be your passport. See, it, anybody who's, who's traveled before understands that traveling domestically within the states, you're required to have what? An ID, which is typically a driver's license, right? You have to have the ID in order to travel within the states. However, if you want to travel further, if you want to go beyond, if you want to go some places that you've never been before, it requires a whole other level of identification. See, your pain is not meant to be your prison. Your pain is meant to be your passport. And some pain is actually the thing that's not meant to hold you back. It's actually the thing that is supposed to propel you further than you were ever supposed to go. Than further than you could ever dream or imagine. So it's up to you. What do you want your pain to be? What do you want all the suffering and everything that you've gone, gone through to be for? It's up to you. You get to decide. That's the beauty of it all. Do you want your pain to be your prison? Or are we going to let our pain be used to be our passport. Pain. Not all pain is destructive. Some pain is constructive. And that's why some of us are stuck, because we let our pain make us bitter instead of better. We get stuck in allowing our pain to make us bitter instead of better. And it's not supposed to be that way. You're not supposed to go through what you went through for nothing. Pain. It's constructive. It's not destructive. 
It's constructive. It's not destructive. Today I want to go over five different types of pain. Because every single pain actually serves a different purpose. And it would be too easy to lump some it all together and just say, oh, pain. Because there's actually different categories of pain that affect you in different ways. So today, if you're, if you're taking notes, which I would highly encourage you to do, the first thing we're going to look at today, out of the five types of pain, pain number one, genetic pain. Genetic pain. See, this is the pain that you don't get to choose. Genetic pain. This is, this is the pain you don't pick. See, sometimes in church we, we can get caught up in trying to use fancy lingo and, and big words that sometimes to a newcomer hears it and is like, what are they talking about? And one of these, uh, for example, would be the term generational curses, right? Generational curses. Like, oh, curses, what, what's that? I don't want to talk about that. Sounds creepy. So let's free ourselves of that terminology and let's use the, the phrase generational patterns. Generational patterns. Genetic pain, generational pain. Genetic, generational, genetic, generational. They're two in the same. See, generational patterns means you will notice, man, I, I noticed that I'm struggling with something that I noticed people before me have struggled with as well. Grandfather was this way. Dad was this way. And now I'm noticing I'm starting to struggle with this too. Grandmother was this way. Mom was this way. And now I'm noticing that I'm starting to struggle with the same sin too. Grandfather was an alcoholic, if we can just be real. Dad was alcoholic. And now I, I should probably guard myself and keep myself away from certain situations because I noticed that my lineage has struggled with this for a while. So knowing that this is a generational pain, a genetic pain, I should probably guard my heart and keep myself away from certain situations. Gra Grandma was angry and, and bitter at times, and I, now I'm, I notice sometimes mom can be sometimes angry and, and bitter, and I, I find it easy for myself to get angry and bitter, and I should probably guard my heart and protect myself from certain groups of people in certain situations. That way I don't find myself becoming angry and bitter. Generational patterns, genetic pain. This is the one pain you don't get to choose. And you know the funny thing is, this generation loves crutches, don't we? We identify with the one thing that inhibits us, and we let that dictate how we live our life. What if I told you you're not called to live in genetic pain? What if you're actually the one who's supposed to break it? What if you're not supposed to be stuck in it? What if you're the one that's supposed to be the one who breaks it? What if you're supposed to conquer it, so now you get to show generations after you how to defeat it? Instead of just sitting in the suffering, you're actually supposed to be the one who breaks it. You are a genetic pain breaker, a genetic chain breaker. You're not supposed to just sit there and take it. Genetic pain, the one pain you don't get to choose, but it is the pain that you get to break. Genetic pain. Pain number two, this is what we call grudge pain. Grudge pain. Now... Grudge pain works a lot like this. I have this bucket of ice on stage with me. You see, what's the difference between grudge pain and genetic pain? Well, genetic pain is the pain I don't get to choose. But grudge pain, this is the pain that I choose to hold on to. Grudge pain 
is worse. At least I don't have a say in, uh, I, I don't have a say in genetic pain, but grudge pain, this is every bit that I choose to hold on to. See, grudge pain is the thing that I won't let go of. Genetic pain is what's passed to me. Grudge pain. And you see, we don't, we don't like to talk about this a lot, but there's this story in the Bible, Jonah, Jonah who was swallowed by the whale. See, Jonah was swallowed by the whale because that was actually God's correction, which led to direction. Because Jonah had what we call a grudge pain against a certain group of people. Uh-oh. We don't want to talk about that in church. Jonah didn't like a certain people group. And God called him to minister to these people. And Jonah let his grudge pain get in the way of receiving his blessing. So rather than going and doing what he was called to do, he ran. God has to correct Jonah. And the worst part is to get Jonah's attention, correcting just him wasn't enough, so he has to correct everybody else around him. The bad thing about grudge pain, just like this ice that I'm holding, is not only is it uncomfortable to hold on to, it's messy, it's wet, but it can affect others around me as well. And to make matters worse, days will go by, weeks will go by, months will go by, years, decades. And before you know it, you look down at everything it is that you've been holding a fist to, the situation you've been holding up a fist to, the person you've been holding up a fist to. Years go by, you finally look down. It's already gone. I'm holding on to something that everybody else has already let go of. I'm holding on to something that no one else is dealing with, but I'm choosing to hold on to the pain. No one else is suffering. I'm the only one suffering because I am choosing to self-sabotage myself. Grudge pain. This is the pain for some reason we choose to hold on to. Before you know it, it's been dead and gone, but we're choosing to hold on to it. You're not called to sit there and hold on to every little thing that goes wrong. You are called to break through. You are called to forgive. And we are not supposed to be victims. We're supposed to be victors. Grudge pain. Dangerous pain. Dangerous pain. The third pain, like I said, we're going to be going through five types of pain today. The third pain that I want you to write down is this. And that's group pain. Group pain. See, this represents the pain we're influenced by. Group pain, for example, this is what happens whenever you finally start living life for Christ and then your old group hits you with, wow, man, you changed. Group pain is whenever you finally want to start new, you finally want to have something fresh, you finally want to walk away from everything you've been stuck in and people hit you with, man, you switched up. Man, you changed. What happened to you? I liked you better when it was more fun when. Come on, what's one more night going to be? Group pain. See, group pain is when your old group gives you new pain because they don't understand you want to have a new beginning. Group pain. Another form of group pain would be, you ever found yourself in a terrible situation, don't know how you got there, but you were just with the wrong group? Group pain. You're like, I don't know how this happened, but yeah, now that I'm looking at this with this group I was with, yeah, that makes sense that would happen. Group pain. See, this is what's really bad about group pain. You don't choose it or you don't think you did. The problem is we ignore the discernment that we've been had about the situation the whole time and we choose to ignore it. And then we wonder, why am I going through that? Group pain. Group pain. It's when other people's situations start bleeding onto you. Group pain. Group pain. See, there's a story in the Bible 
incredibly popular one where Jesus allows Peter to walk on water, right? He calls out to Peter. Peter gets to step down out of the boat and walk on water, one of his disciples. Now, it's great to celebrate Peter for getting down out of the boat and taking a step towards Jesus. But I celebrate Peter because he was willing to step away from the group. Sometimes to get close to Jesus, it doesn't just require a step towards him. It requires a step away from what makes you comfortable. Group pain. Group pain. Group pain, group pain. Pain number four. This is giant pain. Giant pain. See, this represents the pain we're supposed to overcome. Right? The story of David and Goliath. David is going to be a king. He's been anointed, but he hasn't been appointed yet. And we all know he defeats Goliath. See, let's break down what a giant pain is. Okay, so a giant would be something that's considered bigger than you, larger than you, stronger than you, right? Or a giant pain could be considered something that's too much to bear or to handle. So in other words, giant pain represents the, represents the pain that you would need God to step in to help you with. Giant pain is the pain you know you can't handle on your own. It requires God. And we see this with David. David was just a boy. He was going to be king. He wasn't king just yet. It wasn't necessarily David's skills. It's because David had God. Giant pain represents the pain that you're going to need God to have on your side to conquer. See, there's a king and queen in all of us, but you got to be willing to conquer that giant pain. you got to be willing to conquer the giant pain. And I, I love the story because we know David shows up to fight Goliath. And when David shows up to fight Goliath, it's so interesting to me, I couldn't help but notice this, he's the last one there, but he's the first one to fight him. He shows up late, everyone else has had a crack at it, or they've been too scared to do it. But he's the first one and only one to fight him. And you see, it, it got me thinking about the saying, the, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. And sometimes it's easy to get frustrated thinking, man, God, what, there's this opportunity that I want to go and tackle. There's, there's this giant that everybody else is, they're saying they can do it, and they're not doing it the way I know I could do it. And God's saying, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm not holding you back from doing it. I'm waiting to let you be the last one. That way everybody else before you can go and do it and see they don't have what it takes, and you do. That way when the day comes that you are king, nobody questions your kinghood. Nobody questioned David's kinghood. They all had a shot at the giant, but he was the only one to do it. And, and we feel like God's holding us back from the blessing. No, he's not. He's just saying, get ready, go. Now it's your opportunity. Giant pain. Giant pain. And I love how when David arrives, the current king, who doesn't know he's about to be replaced, is there and he starts to give him advice. He says, you should use my armor. Use my armor, David, to go fight this giant. He's recommending him to use armor that he himself isn't using. You ever have somebody give you advice before that they don't take themselves? <laughs> Here's my armor. Go use it to fight this giant. And you know David's thinking, so let me get this straight. The armor that's not working for you, you think is going to work for me. The armor that you're not going to use yourself, you're recommending to me. Let me put it to you like this. Never take advice from somebody that you wouldn't trade places with. 
Never take advice from someone that you wouldn't trade places with. Giant pain, giant pain. I got to get back on track. We have one more, one more pain to go over. That's growing pain. If you're taking notes, growing pain. So we've gone over genetic pain, grudge pain, group pain, giant pain, and lastly, growing pain, growing pain. See, growing pain, this is the pain that's required for expansion. This is the pain that's required for expansion. Sometimes growth requires a stimulus, and sometimes a new stimulus is not enjoyable. Because we like what we're used to. We like what we're comfortable with. Growth requires a new stimulus, growing pain. See, growing up, I was a very, very late bloomer. Do we have any late bloomers in the house? There's no way I'm the only one. Okay, we have some late bloomers. I was like, wow. So much for crowd participation. <laughs> Growing up, I was such a late bloomer. And the thing about being a late bloomer is you, you remember the growing pains that you have. Because whenever you're a late bloomer, you, it feels like you have them all at once. I didn't really get like a growth period a couple years later. Like another, it, it was bad. I had like all my, my growth take place at once. So the other thing that's terrible about being a late bloomer is everyone can attest to this. You're old enough when it happens to where you remember how painful it was. Anybody can relate? The late bloomers in the room? Yeah. So I remember being in my bed at night, and I, this is the type of pain that, like, wakes you up whenever you're just trying, you're just peacefully asleep. And out of nowhere, you just feel things stretching that shouldn't be stretching and things growing. I could feel not just my muscles stretching, but my joints and, and my ligaments and my tendons. It's the most uncomfortable feeling. And as a young man, I couldn't stand it. And I remember being there in my bed just saying, God, take it away. Make the pain stop. Just make the pain stop. Because my eyes were too immature to see that the pain I was begging God to take away is actually the pain in the next season I would be thanking him for. And many of us are going through right now a growing pain. And we're begging God to take a certain pain in our life away, not realizing that if we were to take it away, that would be removing the stimulus for growth. Some pain is necessary. If you want to grow, it's not, it's not separate. It comes with it. I hate to break it to you. Growth is painful, growing pain. And we're begging God to remove something. And he's saying, if I remove it, then you're not going to grow into everything that I need you to be. Growing pain. Growing pain. So it's really up to you. I'm hoping that today one of these pains you've been able to identify, and I really want to challenge you, find out which one it is that you identify with. Like, man, this is what I'm going through right now. Challenge you. 2023 has been served to you on a silver platter. It's your year. Make what you want of it. Your pain can be your prison or your pain can be your passport. I heard a story one time about a young man. His name was Will. He wanted to be a mixed martial artist. His mother took him to a dojo to sign him up for classes, and he was taking, um, he wanted to get into a group class. And so they tried to sign him up for classes. However, the people at the dojo, the instructors say, no, we can't take your son. You see, the reason for that is Will only had one arm. And they're saying, see, we, we only do group classes. We don't have anything. We don't have any special one-on-one -on -one opportunities with him. I'm so, so sorry. The, the mother is pleading, is there anything we can do? There's anyone you have available who can do something, just something. This is my son's dream. He really wants to take some classes. Sure enough, there's an older gentleman 
in the dojo, a retired sensei. He was just there. Overhears it, approaches the woman, says, hey, I know it might not be what you're looking for, but I actually used to, to teach one-on-one uh, -on -one classes myself. I don't really do it that much anymore, but I can see that your son is so passionate about this, and he really wants to give it a shot. So would you give me a shot? Would you let me mentor and, and, and teach your son? And the lady doesn't really know how to feel at first, doesn't know this stranger approaching her. She looks at her son, and he's looking at her, he's looking at her with those big begging eyes. She says, okay, we'll give it a shot. Sure enough, they have their first session, and the sensei is not holding back on this young man. He doesn't hold back on Will one bit. And he has him doing the same basic exercises that every white belt does. And he has him doing this on day one all the way through, through day 30. And session after session goes by doing the same thing over and over and over again. Eventually the young man approaches the, the sensei and says, Sensei, I really want my, my own signature move. We're doing the same thing every single day. Can I have my own move? The sensei says, I thought you never asked. I have one for you. Shows him the move. Now he moves up from just practicing the same basic drills to now just the same move. Every session, every day, the same thing. The young, the young man begins to get pretty good at it. And sure enough, one day, <clears throat> the young boy asks the sensei, do you think I would ever be good enough to, to join a tournament? The sensei says, I'm glad you asked. As a matter of fact, yeah, I do think you're good enough to join a tournament. There's one coming up, and I already signed you up for it. The young man can't believe it. He's excited, but he's also nervous, like, oh my gosh, I've never done a, a, a fighting tournament before. I don't know how I'm going to feel among the other boys. And so they sign him up for the tournament. The mother is livid. <laughs> the mother is livid, but she doesn't want to rip her baby's dreams away. So she's like, okay, one fight. You're going to get one fight. They match him up against an opponent who's a couple years younger than him, a lot lighter than him, trying to make it a little bit more balanced. Because keep in mind, Will only has one, one arm. And so he easily defeats his opponent. And Will's telling his mom, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I already, like, I never thought I would be able to even learn how to do this, let alone get my own, my own fight and win. He then asks his mom, mom, is there any way you could see if, if I could do one more? I want to see how I rank among the other kids in my class. The sensei's just looking there real smug. The mom looks down at her son. He's looking at her with those big begging eyes. She says, okay, we'll see if you can handle one more. He, he hops on the mat. Not only does he handle his opponent, he dominates him with that one signature move. Beats him. Now the boy, you know he can't stop asking. Okay, let's see how far I can go. Let's see how far I can take it. The mother is nervous, terrified, but also so happy for her son. She doesn't know what to say. She looks over at the sensei. He's still over there with that smug look on his face. They let the boy participate in the tournament, and he makes it all the way to the semifinals with the same signature move. No one knows how to stop him with this one move. He makes it to the semifinals, and this time it's getting a little harder. See, people have started to figure out his tricks. People have been watching him. By now, heads are starting to turn. People are starting to, to crowd around the mat, and they're watching this young man. This young man eventually wins the semifinals, and he's now going to the championship round. This is it for the whole tournament. He makes it, and he's against the other best fighter in the whole tournament. Now, this fighter's been watching him, and he knows the move he wants to do. So he knows I'm just not going to let him do this move. I'm not going to let him do this one move, and then I got the fight. The championship round begins, and they're going at it. 
And Will, the young man, starts to realize he knows what I want to do. And he's trying to keep me positioned in a manner that keeps me from being able to do the one thing that I know how to do. Round after round goes by. He's starting to get exhausted. In between rounds, he finds himself talking to his sensei. He says, sensei, I don't think I can beat him. And the sensei says, yes, you can. I know you can. He says, how do you know I can beat him? He says, one, because you trust your sensei. He said, two, because of the move I showed you. He said, do you trust your sensei? He said, yes. He said, then do the move I told you to do. Do the one thing that I told you to do. The boy goes back out on the mat. He allows his opponent to think he has him. He's on the edge. All he has to do is get pushed out of bounds. So the opponent takes the bait. He gets his leverages right. He gets in position. He executes his move, and he wins the tournament off of one move. The young man, hold on, hold on. It gets better. The young man, <laughs> the young man who at first thought he would never have a chance is now the champion. The young man that everybody else disqualified and said, no, we won't teach him, is now a mixed martial arts champion. Later that afternoon, they're driving in the car. The mother is furious and happy at the same time. Like, how dare you put my child in that kind of danger, but I'm also so happy that you did because now he's a champion. She says, and she says, but I need to know, how did you know he was going to win? The sensei has that same smug look on his face. And the sensei looks at the mom and says, yeah, I knew he was going to win the whole time. Two reasons. He said, one, because your boy trusts his sensei. He said, two, because the only way to counter the move that I taught him would require your son to have his other arm. The very thing that this young man thought disqualified him from achieving his dream is the very thing that qualified him. And I'm here to tell somebody today, the very thing that you think disqualifies you from your dream, the very pain that you think disqualifies you from your dream is the same exact pain that is actually going to qualify you. The same sin that the enemy keeps using to attack you over and over and over again is actually the sin you're meant to conquer and teach generations after you how to defeat as well. The same thing that you think makes you not good enough is the very thing that does. Pain. It's up to you. It could be your prison or it can be your passport. The beautiful thing is the choice is yours. Church Unlimited, will you bow your heads and pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for everything you've already done, Lord. We are no longer victims, we are victors, Lord. We believe for bigger and better in 2023, Lord. We believe that our pain is not our prison, our pain is our passport. And we believe that you turn our pain into power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage everybody to keep their heads bowed and eyes closed in this moment. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, we want to give you an opportunity to do that. Something that I love so much about Church Unlimited is we will never close a service without giving somebody an opportunity to meet Jesus. If you want to accept him, if you want to meet your maker, if you want to accept the person who died for you, you can right now in this moment. See, a long time ago, God created everything, and it was good. It was great. He created man, he created women, and then we ruined it. The good news is he sent his son to atone for all of it, to die for our sin. He lived a perfect life, died a brutal death, all to atone for us. 
If you want to accept him right now as your Lord and Savior, you can do so by praying this simple prayer after me. And to all of our campuses right now, I want to encourage everybody everywhere to pray this prayer out loud to encourage those who may be shy. So if that's you today, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you want to let him turn your pain into power, you can do so right now by praying this simple prayer after me. Church Unlimited, will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I admit that I'm a sinner. And I believe that you came and died for me and rose again three days later, proving that you are God. Jesus, I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. I make you my Lord. I make you my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me every head bowed, every eye closed. If you just made that decision today, I'm just going to ask you to do something, nothing crazy. I'm just going to ask you to hold that hand up. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now, this morning, go ahead and hold up that hand. This is a moment no one's looking around. This is just between you and your campus pastor. If you accepted Jesus Christ, just hold that hand high. Hold that hand high. Own that salvation the same way he owned all of our sin. No one's looking around right now. Let me tell you this. If you made that decision today, we see hands up going all over this worship center right now. See hands up going in Stone Oak. See hands up going in Rockport. See, hand, see hands going up in Padre Island, Rodfield. We see hands going up everywhere. If that's you, you just made the best decision of your entire life. A decision that doesn't just affect your life today, it affects your life tomorrow. Because now you get to spend an eternity in heaven with Jesus. Church Unlimited, can we give it up for those who just accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior this morning? That's right, that's right. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for everything that you've done and everything you're going to continue to do. And even if you weren't to do anything else, you've still done more than enough through sending your son, God. Thank you so much for showing us how to turn our pain into power. It's in your name we pray. Amen.